Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I am your host, Christopher. Today's episode is going to be jam-packed. I got four reviews for you guys. Yeah, four of them. And they're all over the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy films. Two of the live-action and two of the animated. Why am I doing Hellboy? Well, (laughs) I'm feeling kind of bitchy, I guess. I happened to scroll through my PlayStation store. Yes, I'm a PlayStation player. And I noticed that the new... Hellboy film was up for rent, and for some reason this struck a chord with me, and I'm like, you know what, fuck that, I'm going to talk about the good films, and then I'm going to rip that one to shreds, so yes, next weekend I will be talking about the new Hellboy, but I'm going to talk about the good ones for now, so let's get into the first Hellboy movie, shall we? Hellboy from 2004 was directed by Guillermo del Toro. If you don't know the name, you definitely know the work. Pan's Labyrinth, the Hellboy franchise, of course. Uh, Pacific Rim, The Shape of Water. And he's helping Hideo Kojima in the upcoming Death Stranding. He was also going to do Silent Hill, but that got kind of cut. So, you know. You know the work if if you don't know the name. Anyways... The plot of the film is that at the end of World War II, Nazis were trying some occultist stuff to see if that could help their war effort. Well, they were able to open a portal to somewhere. To this is some ancient evil. Thankfully, the portal was closed, and some of the Nazis were killed by the Allied forces, but what got through was a little red baby demon. The Allied forces then took him in, and now he is grown up, and he protects us from horrifying creatures. They bump in the night, and he bumps back. Well, when ex-Nazis that happen to survive that attack come back, they try to reawaken those creatures who want to start the apocalypse, with Hellboy technically kind of being the martyr for it, as that is his true nature. Well, he doesn't want to do that, so he goes on a worldwide adventure to stop them from releasing those demons. Man... The first Hellboy movie. Ugh, I love this one. This is my favorite. Now, my the pros for this movie is that Ron Perlman as Hellboy is downright amazing. I love Ron Perlman as an actor anyways, but him <laughs> pretty much portraying Hellboy is one of my favorite comic book characters well, portrayals ever. He even beats out Tony Stark, uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I love Ron Perlman as Hellboy a whole lot more than that. I'm not really an Iron Man fan, but or a Marvel fan. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I love Ron Perlman as Hellboy way more than that. Uh, Doug Jones as Abe as well. Doug has, you know, of course, played Abe in this film, the amphibian man in Shape of Water, and the I think it's the Fawn and Pan's Labyrinth. And as long as, I can't remember the thing, the thing's name, but it's I think it's like the Pale Man. You've all seen the scene where they're sitting. It's sitting at a table, and it doesn't have eyes. It has it in its hands. That was Doug as well. So he's worked with Guillermo on quite a few films, and him playing Abe is really good. Um, he brings this kind of 
smart, and, uh, you know, mean a very huge intelligence. Uh, couldn't speak. Uh, he brings this very, you know, intellectual side to Abe, and it's very, it's really interesting, and kind of, it fits the character, and, you know, just kind of shines in that aspect. Another positive is that the creature designs in this film are uh, wonderful. Guillermo always knows, he just knows how to make his creatures look real, but at the same time, always give them this weird form of mysticism. Uh, the main character, uh, the main creature technically that is fought throughout this film is uh, Samael, the dog of resurrection. Uh, he looks down, uh, the first time you see him, he looks downright amazing. And later on in the film, every time you see him, he's just this weird-looking creature. And it is really um, interesting. I believe Yellow actually came up with that on his, like, with, came up with that idea, uh, creature design by himself. Because it actually, I don't think it's in the comics at all. So that's really um, interesting to see as well. It just, you know, kind of like an original thing. It's, it's really good. Uh, of course, Hellboy and Abe look amazing. Some of the creatures you kind of deal with a little bit, um, the elder ones that are in the portal that the Nazis are trying to awaken, they look disturbing as all hell when you do see them released. Spoilers. <laughs> no, spoilers, they don't get very far, but when they're out and about, you they look really messed up. But it is, uh, yet again, still an interesting design. The last thing, too, is that the CGI in this film holds up. It's used very sparsely, um, mainly for some of the action scenes when Ron Perlman's getting tossed around. And you can tell it's CG. The first, the, you see the uh, birth of Samael. It's very it's CGI heavy. But at the same time, uh, it's only there in quick bits. And in some scenes, you almost can't tell it's CG. It looks really, really well done. And that's back in 2004. There's some movies that come out now, and the CGI looks like ass, so it doesn't make any sense. Like, we keep going backwards somehow in regards to, uh, you know, CGI. A negative with the film is that it kind of slows down in one part. Really, it kind of gets a little exposition heavy as it's, deal it's dealing with uh, Red and Liz's relationship. Red being Hellboy, if you don't know. But it's kind of dealing with their relationship a little bit. Um, Hellboy, of course, loves Liz. And Liz kind of wants to move on. Uh, she feels uh, She's a pyrokinetic, I think that's how you say it. But yeah, she's able to pretty much just cause fire, you know, pretty much set herself on fire just out of nowhere. Spontaneous human combustion, but, you know, she can lob it like, <laughs> you know, fireballs. But yes, they, Red loves her. She's trying to move on. And it kind of slows down here and there when it's dealing with them. Other than that, I don't think the film really slows down. It's just with those scenes. But at the same time, it's kind of a nitpicky thing. It's slowing down, but at the same time, it's dealing. It's trying to make you... It, it kind of gives like a love interest, so it's kind of trying to build upon that. So, yes, it might slow down, but it's for the film itself. So it's more like a nitpick kind of thing. Oh, back with the creature designs. I completely forgot. Uh, the ex... Uh, one of the ex-Nazis is this weird, like, clockwork-powered Nazi assassin that's, like, filled with sand, and you see some scenes where he's not wearing a mask or, like, kind of some bodily protection, and he looks fucking disturbing. Like, he is 
surgically removed his own lips. He doesn't. He's like eyes are just kind of bulged out where he's taking the skin off. It is really uncomfortable to look at, especially like I said. When there's a scene where he has his mask off, and it is fucking terrifying. That's another really good creature design that I completely forgot to mention. Also, he's really fun on screen as well. Just he, he, every time he's in a fight, he has to like twirl his sword, like these sword batons. And it's just, it's funny because it's, it's of course a dumb movie, action movie kind of thing where he's like twirling them around and everything. And it, there's one scene where these cops, you know, are like, put your weapons down. And he's just fucking twirling them and, and everything. And the cops aren't shooting at him. They're just kind of like mesmerized that he's able to do like a carnival trick and then he murders all of them. But it's just those dumb things. But you, you gotta love it. I mean, it's cool too, so... That added bonus points to it as well. Anyways, back to the negatives. I can't really think of any. So, uh, yes, I absolutely love the first Hellboy film more so than I do with Hellboy 2, which I will get into that in a minute. But yes, if you definitely haven't seen the original Hellboy from 2004, go see it. Go go see this compared to the new Hellboy. Go Go see a really good superhero film. This being the really good superhero film, not not the remake, but I'll, I'll get into that next week. But anyways, yeah, check it out, and you know what? Maybe send me a voice message on Anchor and just let me know how much you liked it, or Facebook. I don't know, you know, just just kind of toss it out there for you guys to go. Anyways, let's get into the uh, Hellboy 2, the Golden Army review. I'll see you guys over there. Hellboy 2 The Golden Army from 2008 was directed by Guillermo del Toro. The plot of the film is that long ago, an elven prince left his family in anger, aggravated his father for not exterminating the human race after the war they had been having for centuries, because the father had a weapon built, an army built, that was unstoppable, that couldn't be stopped by man, the Golden Army a mechanized horde. Cut to present day, the son has returned with the plan. He wants to reignite the war with humans, but deal a crushing landslide blow with the first attack by reawakening the Golden Army. It's up to Hellboy, Liz, Abe, and their newcomer, I think it's Kraus, Kraus, Sorry, I can't say it. To stop the activation of this onslaught. Now, this is a, I love Hellboy 2 The Golden Army, but I, I have to say I love Hellboy, the original Hellboy, a little bit more. Not sure why. It's, I guess it's just personal preference kind of thing. Well, they really upped their game with Hellboy 2. I have to say my pros with the film is that I love the world building in this film. With Hellboy, we kind of got a little bit of world building, but we didn't really get that much. This film, there is a ton of it. I am a huge sucker for something, uh, for a world that's kind of beneath ours in the sense of the world that's beneath ours is more exciting and just, it's very different and it's only beneath us by a slim, like a little sliver that if you just were to pick in the right point, would open up to you. And that's what this film is. They're, they show 
huge old ancient things that are stuck somewhere in our mundane life that we have and if you were just to pick in the right spot it would open up to you and I love that and I love the world building they do with that in this film I know I kind of really just sharply went into it but I really do love Hellboy uh, Guillermo del Toro really does step his game up in regards to that another thing this game, movie steps up is the creature design I loved Samael's look in Hellboy, but with this film, they really up it. Uh, there's a scene where Hellboy, Liz, and Abe, I think it's Hellboy, Liz, and Abe. Anyways, they're in, like, this marketplace with all these creatures, and, you know, it's just a bunch of costumes, and just, they look awesome. The main, like, the bodyguard for our main villain, dude looks mean as hell, and it's amazing. Uh, another standout is, I it's Death in the film I believe it's death I can't remember if they pronounce it if they call him death I think it's death anyways yes it's like a rebroken character with no eyes and he has like eyes on his wings and it's it's really really uh, beautiful in this film another thing I love is that the, it's a continuation of Red's and Liz's relationship you know, she came back at the end of the film. They were all happy together. Well, now they've been together for a while. And they start off the film kind of aggravated at each other and things like that. No, it continues with uh, their relationship to show how much they, you know, give and take. Also, spoiler, I guess, if you haven't seen the film. Liz is pregnant with Red's baby. And she's been hiding that from him as well. Well, which is very interesting because you also have that thrown in there you know some baby drama thrown in there as well dealing with that and dealing with how Liz is able to kind of tell Red and how Red's able to kind of respond to it as well it's very I, I love their relationship building as well as the world building which is really what I can say just the world building but yeah I do love the stuff they add with this film but I don't know. It's it was gonna sound weird, but it's too bright for me in certain parts. Out where the original Hellboy is has kind of some scares and action. This is straight action fantasy, so you're not gonna get any scares if that's what you're looking for this time around. Granted, the Hellboy didn't really, Hellboy didn't really have that many scares, but when it was there, it was there. With Hellboy Two, there's not really that. There's just some maybe some creepy looking designs, but for the most part. It's an action fantasy film. One thing, though, another thing I really love is Cross, Kraus, can't say his name, the newcomer. He's this, like, German, like, I can't remember how they explain it, but he's kind of like this gas? Like, he's like the Invisible Man a little bit, and it's really hard to explain it. But him and Hellboy share a really funny scene where they're kind of fighting in the locker room. And he's just kicking the shit out of Hellboy because Hellboy can't see him. So he's using locker doors and slamming him in the face. It's a really funny scene. It, it cracks me up every time I see it. As well. The action scenes in this film are really... Uh, they're step, stepped up a lot from the original Hellboy. Uh, there's a scene where they have to fight a giant... Like, plant monster that's... The, and, yeah, giant plant monster, basically. I was trying to think of a better way to describe it. But yeah, a giant plant monster in the middle of a city street, and it's pretty kick-ass. Uh, and of course, 
when the golden army is reactivated that is a really awesome and just epic scene when they are you know just trying to hold out against all these creatures and you think there's a sliver when they you know they're getting the upper hand and you just see like mounds of just dead troop uh, golden army troops just on the ground but then all of a sudden you know they kind of take that moment to like catch their breath and while they're catching their breath you just slowly watch all the robots kind of reconfigure and you're just like well they that went that went nowhere so they're back at square one so yes the, uh some of the main like major action scenes are really amazing same with uh, the fight between Hellboy and the main villain, which takes place like almost right after the fight with the Golden Army. Yeah, there's some really good action scenes, and it's really a step up. The last thing I really want to point out that I love about this film is that it deals with something a little, um, not really cliche, but something that was never really brought. It was kind of hinted at in the last film, but now it kind of really goes... Um, it makes more of a prominent note in this film is that when Hellboy is fighting that seedling, the, the, the plant monster, it's the last of its kind. And our main villain is kind of agging Hellboy on in the sense of why is Hellboy protecting humans who mock him and make fun of him? Is he going to protect us or is he going to protect the creature that's the last of its kind? You know, back and forth. They kind of brought it up, you know, where does his loyalties lie? And where is kind of the breaking point? It touches on that a little bit in the first film, but not, you know, to a huge amount. Whereas this film, it really affects him, and he kind of has self-doubt there for a little bit. So that's something I really love. With the hero who's kind of conflicted in the sense he doesn't know if he's kind of uh, on the right team, necessarily, because of how the world views him. But... You know, of course, they always realize saving us is better, but I just, I do kind of love that whole, are you sure you're doing the right thing? You're, you're never fully sure if you are. I can't really think of any negatives with the film. Uh, I mean, besides me saying it was too bright, but that's just kind of me being <laughs> kind of edgy where... <laughs> I like darker films in the sense of this film seems bright in a lot of aspects, especially the scenes t- dealing with like the marketplace where I mean the creature designs are amazing, but it's very bright and you know just kind of colorful. Where if you look at the last Hellboy film, it's always dark and dingy. It has that very uh, early two thousands action movie vibe, kind of tra- not necessarily copying off the Matrix, but. You know what I mean? It kind of has like that Matrix look. Same with like Underworld and stuff like that, where it's always dark and trench coats and shootouts and subways and shit. I don't know why, but for some reason, I just like the first film compared to this one. I guess the only other nitpick I have with it is, and this kind of gets a little exposition heavy in certain parts, and it kind of feels like a drag, but at the same time, I can't really say it drags because the stuff that it kind of dumps on you is very interesting. It just kind of adds to the world building. So it's not really a negative. It's more of just me kind of being nitpickish and trying to find something I don't like with the film. But overall, yes, Hellboy 2 is a really good film. Um, 
my friend uh, Luke, if you're listening, he loves Hellboy 2 compared to Hellboy. So, <laughs> he doesn't have, I don't think he has the very same action style taste, and he likes Underworld and shit, where I do, so that's why I like the original one a little bit better. But, yes, uh, you know, I've seen people have liked the first one over the second one. I've seen people like the second one over the first one. Just kind of really what's your taste. Do you want dark, gritty, you know, post-Matrix kind of movie where, you know, it's trench coats and it looks just black as shit and there's always a shootout somewhere in a subway (laughs) because there is for some reason? Or do you like something a little bit more vibrant and, you know, not trying to be as edgy but also instead of being scary it's very mystical and you know beautiful so really it's up to your personal preference but anyways as my review for Hellboy 2 The Golden Army hop over to the next one and check out the two animated films I will see you there Hellboy, Sword of Storms, and Hellboy, Blood and Iron. The two animated films, uh, Sword of Storms, came out first in 2006. Blood and Iron came out in 2007. They were released in between Hellboy and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but somewhere that i seen it somewhere on like a website or something, it said that these two films are supposed to be set before the original Hellboy. The show was... You know, with the group before she left the BPRD. So, I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not, but, you know, if it is, that's really interesting as well. The full cast from the Hellboy uh, film does come back to uh, voice their roles. Ron Perlman, of course, is back as Hellboy. Doug Jones is back as Abe, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm going to start with Sword of Storms first, not only because it came out first, but I actually like that film a lot more than Blood and Iron, but I'll get into that in a minute. So the plot for Sword of Storms is that a uh, Japanese professor happens to be reading from a scroll. The scroll is kind of, uh, I can't remember how they explain it, but it has something hidden in it, and when he read from it, it released two demons, thunder and lightning, that once terrorized a uh, feudal Japan. They were killed by a samurai and trapped inside a sword. They want out, and they left an essence of themselves inside that scroll. So, it is up to Hellboy to stop Thunder and Lightning from being released. He accidentally gets sucked into some weird kind of like story. And he has to then fight Japanese folklore, which is very interesting. Uh, You know, Japanese folklore is not really ever touched on unless it's something like a film from Japan. So, it's interesting seeing more, you know, that culture kind of come out. So you do have a very interesting story there, and it's never... This film is a hour and, I think, 25 minutes. It moves at a very brisk pace, not really any slowing down. It's not, you know, a scene where they just dump a bunch of exposition on you. It's kind of, you know, while the movie's going and there's, like, action scenes, the exposition's being kind of given through the action scene and things like that. So it's always moving forward, never just kind of bored and just bogged down. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the animation style it is very reminiscent of a Saturday morning cartoon from the early 2000s, uh, like Static Shock and things like that. They picked a very beautiful color palette um, through 
to kind of display both worlds and the real world where Abe and Liz are. It's very bland, you know, browns and grays and things like that. It's very drab, but then you cut to Hellboy, who's in this kind of story, and everything's vibrant, you know, beautiful, like, blues, reds, greens. It's a very stark contrast, and I really love that. It kind of just really let, they really let them have fun with that, with the Hellboy's um, part of the film. And yes, uh, out of the two of them, I love this one a lot more. I thought this one was a lot more interesting. The action scenes are very well animated. They're not kind of, how should I put it, like kind of chanky and jagged as some where there's like a lot of quick cuts. It's very fluid moving. If if I'm saying that right, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's very fluid. There's not a lot of quick cuts, not hard to watch. It's really, really well done. And there is some uh, comedy with it as well in this film. Uh, I think out of the two, this one's more child friendly. There's not really any, I don't think there's any cussing at all, and there's maybe one shot where someone accidentally gets stabbed, and there's some, or not stabbed, but like sliced, and you see a little bit of blood. But other than that, there's nothing really wrong with this film in the sense of, you know, don't show it your, to your kids. I think if they're interested in it, it would be a good little family watch. It's not, you know, not too bad. So, yes, Hellboy Sword of Storms is definitely worth a watch. Now we're going to move over to Hellboy Blood and Iron. So, this one I did not like. There was a few things in the film I did like, but other than that, this one was kind of boring. So the plot for Hellboy uh, Blood and Iron is that in 1939, uh, Professor Broom destroyed a vampire. I can't, I'm not going to pronounce her name, but it is one of the, uh, one of the people that inspired Dracula, uh, the countess that would kill people and then bathe in their blood to stay youthful. She, you know, <laughs> was a vampire. He ended up killing her. Well, that castle that she lived in was then bought by an entrepreneur and he was going to, he's going to turn it into a casino. So the BPRD is going there to check because there's been reports of ghosts and they won't. Well, Hellboy, Abe, and Liz are going, along with Professor Broom, he's actually going out on this one. They're all kind of surprised and wondering why. Of course, at the same time, they're all like, why are we doing a ghost hunt? You know, it's just a publicity stunt for this place. Nothing cool, you know, interesting is going to happen. Turns out, something does happen, but I'm not going to get into that too much. Now, the reason why I like Sword of Storms compared to Blood and Iron Blood and Iron is very slow paced. It, it it feels very slow. Not a lot of action happens in it, which you know, I'm fine if not a lot of action happens in a film. But this one just kind of really going from Sword of Storms where it's like high paced, you know, a lot of action, to this one where it's just kind of taking itself down and it's it's very uh, very exposition heavy. Which this one, whereas Sword of Storms. It's fast-paced, it's brisk, there's no slowing down moment, you know, not, not a really a slow down moment. This one, there are a ton of slow down moments and a ton of exposition dumps, and it kind of gets boring at a point, and in Sword of Storms, where there is the mix between the real world and the fantasy world, where, you know, there's the vibrant colors, it's, you know, it's beautiful to look at, along with the real world, which, you know, has some things that are really neat. This one is all kind of mainly interior shots. And it's in the real world, so it's very bland and boring and just kind of meh. The one thing I really did love with Blood and Iron 
of course, is the subplot with Professor Broom. That is very interesting. It's kind of neat to see the BPRD before really, you know, Hellboy was in it. Just, you know, them trying, well, not, I guess it wouldn't be the BPRD at this point. But anyways, just seeing Professor Broom kind of work his magic because he's always, you know, depicted as this guy that would, you know, he knows his shit. He knows what's going on. So seeing, you know, somebody with that kind of uh, knowledge work is very interesting. Sadly, though, that's the subplot, and just kind of, it cuts in and out here and there while the main story is progressing. So, we get chunks of it, but I'd almost rather just see all that than what actually happens. <laughs> the other thing I liked, this is really stupid, um, but one, the entrepreneur who is in the film quite a bit, uh, he, when the movie would get boring, he would show up, and the only reason I really, uh, and it would bring the movie up just a little bit for me, and the only reason that is, is because the man that voiced Cryptosporidium from the Destroy All Humans games, the main, you know, the alien that you would play as, is the vo- uh, voice of the entrepreneur in this game, so anytime I would hear him, I would just immediately think of Crypto, so it was just funny, and that's the only thing I kind of really liked about that film, but yeah, that's pretty sad saying the only two things I like is that I happen to know a voice actor and it's just funny hearing his voice in this film and the subplot that's kind of going on with this film just kind of showing what happened you know with their hunt for the countess but yes out of the two also well let's kind of jump ahead but actually out of the uh two films where sword of storms is family family friendly blood and iron is not family friendly at all they don't really cuss but they do show a lot of imagery and the subject matter and which they're dealing with a countess who, you know, would murder people to death and they, to stay youthful and they actually find a torture chamber and there's kind of flashbacks to what happened to those girls in the torture chamber, one being put into an Iron Maiden, one being stretched in half. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not very family friendly. Let's just say that. So yes, out of the two, definitely watch Sword of Storms with your kids. Don't don't watch Blood and Iron. Also, not because you know, not solely because of the imagery, but also because it would put them to sleep. So yes. Well, let's meet in the outro for the outro ness. Anyways. Yes, that is my review for Hellboy Sword of Storms and Hellboy Blood and Iron. I'll meet you guys in the outro. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Slasher Supreme. Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, or whatever you have to do to let me know you're out there listening. If there's a certain video game or movie you would like me to review... Please leave me a voice message here on Anchor, a message on the Facebook page or Instagram page. If you do not follow me on Facebook or Instagram, just look up Slasher Supreme Podcast and you will find me to stay up to date with everything going on with the channel. Today's movie fun fact is that Guillermo del Toro was offered to direct the Alien vs. Predator movie and Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban, 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 whatever, they came out around the same time, he turned both of those down to direct Hellboy. Uh, I'm, that is a very interesting thought, because in, Guillermo really takes pride in, you know, care, you know, the creature designs, and just how he kind of shows monsters in his film, you know. I wondered how an Alien versus Predator film would look directed by him. That is a very interesting thought. 
The other interesting thought is I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I know. Probably was like half my viewers for that one. But yes, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. But maybe a movie by him and with his style might, you know, might have caught me more to that franchise because I've only seen two films in the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, something about the wizarding world just doesn't really click with me. But yes, that is a very interesting thought, seeing, just trying to picture what those two films would look like with his kind of style is just very, it, it's very fun, I guess, or very fun and interesting. It would be unique, I'd have to say that. Anyways, for next week's sneak peek, I kind of already said it in the intro, yes, next week I will be reviewing the brand new Hellboy film. Yay. But at the same time, just to make it even better and continue with my bitchiness, I will be drunk watching that. Yes, I'm going to get Hellboy Hellwater. Yes, that is a drink. And yes, it is a very cool bottle design too if you have never seen it. Look it up. But yes, I'll, I will drink Hellboy Hellwater and watch the new Hellboy movie. Yes, I'm Hellboying out. God, I hope that movie doesn't suck, but I've heard nothing good about it. It even when they made jokes about it and called it heck boy but anyways thank you guys for listening so much to this episode and i will see you next weekend for another review for hellboy <laughs> see you guys then